So the theme this year, sometimes we give it a theme, sometimes we don't give it a theme, but I called it your voice. And it's not about singing. <laughs> it's not about being at the American Idols or whatever, but it's about you have a voice. This is the love conference where the love of God envelopes us. And he reveals himself to us as a God of love. The God of love chastises, you know. So when we say love, it's not about lovey-dovey. Some people like to see love only about, oh, cuddly and all that. Sometimes love is in the whooping. Some low-key corrections and you're like, ouch. And if anything touches you, just keep a straight face and say, hmm. <laughs> I know he's talking about her. <laughs> Praise God. Your voice. So the other day, I walked into a restaurant. And I think I sat with a friend or someone. And someone nearby who um, was with a group took a quick, quick glance at me. And, I, you know, I just looked and kept a straight face and kept going. But the moment I sat down and began to talk with my friend, she said, aha, Pastor Nike, I can't miss that voice. And I looked at her, I didn't know her, but she said, yeah, I see you on TV often. And I wasn't sure, but when I heard you speak, I knew it was you. And you know, she went on and said, oh, thank you for being a blessing and all and all. But why did I say that? Your voice represents you. Your voice represents you. People might miss your face. So obviously, she, she thought it was me, but she wasn't sure. Maybe she just thought, no, it can't be her. I can't remember exactly where it was. You know, sometimes we don't expect to see you some places. Well, back home in some countries. But here, people can see you anywhere. So I go to the grocery store. I go everywhere my, you know. With wig, without wigs, whatever. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that people can miss your face, but they can't miss your voice. Especially if they've known you for a while. If they're intimate with you, if they're your friend, if they're close to you, or they have been watching you or listening to you. Hello. I can't even begin to mention the names of some ministers or people who um, watch often or listen to. On, you know social media, TV, whatever, right? And you can, from afar, you can sense their voice. You know your favorite preacher's voice, right? But especially for us ladies, you say, why wouldn't she know the face? You see, she was unsure because I don't know how my face was beat that day. <laughs> Maybe it was not beat at all. Because when my face is not beat, I don't know. There's no ugly woman. Women are the finest beings on earth. There's nothing like ugly, ugly, ugly. Women are beautiful. It's only if you don't see it. Doesn't matter whether your head is big, whether you are short or you feel you are too tall, but women are beautiful because we are the finished product. You're not an afterthought. 
but you were a finished product. Some people think after the, uh, God just now changed his mind and thought, ah, oh, okay, if he changed his mind, then he made an improvement. He just couldn't say it's not good. Although he said it's not good, a man should be alone. Didn't he say that? But I'm not just even saying that in the context of marriage. Come on. Hello? Even God was not alone. He said, let us. He didn't say, let me. So there were three in one. So why should man be alone? That's why he's saying in the meetings you will not be alone. That's why he will say where two or more are gathered, I'm there. Hello? So for marriage, yes, but not just only for marriage. For board meetings, for businesses. Why should you be alone? Why should you go alone? Hello? So he said, let us. So I do not see myself as an afterthought. But I see myself as God waited and said, whenever any imperfections, any mistakes I made, I'll complete it. I would perfect it in this one. Because everything he made, he made the, the grass of the field, the sun, the moon, and he said it was good. Mm. After he made man, he said, it is not good. Not that he wasn't good, but he said this situation is not good enough. So we are not the chaos that happened to man. We are the light and we are the beauty that came into the world. The addition. Hello. But again, we're still allowed to use our makeup and everything. I'm not saying men cannot use makeup. I'm not saying they can't wear earrings. I'm not saying they can't wear wigs. I didn't say that. Hello. But uh, we are like low-key legitimate. And when we go overboard, sometimes you are not recognized. Ah. <laughs> some people like one look, but some people like like 20 different wigs. Why am I going this way now? Let me be super spiritual this morning. What was I saying? She didn't really recognize my face. She wasn't sure. But the voice, she said, I can't miss it. So pay attention to your voice. We pay attention to our faces, that's important. How I look, how do I look now? How but your voice, has your voice been silent? Is it non-existent? It's like we're not even hearing you. We may see you all over the place, but are we hearing you? And your voice is needed in the earth. Your voice is your identity, it is you and it is the real you. Because you can hardly fake your voice except if you want to act. People are being hired for their voice now. Mm -hmm. Talk about animated videos. Um, not videos. Um, movies. I don't want to mention recent movies, right? Like the lion what? Well, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Someone has already given them free advice. It's okay. Go watch it. <laughs> and bring out all the whatever, the lessons from it. Believers are like, when they watch a movie, they're like, ah, what I got out of this is that you know your identity. So when Simba went, hmm. <laughs> and that's good for those of you who are not preachers. <laughs> I remember when I went to watch, what was this movie? The Wakanda one. Aha, see me, I almost forgot. I remember the movie, I may, may not remember the name. So, I went to watch it, and of course, before then, I think I was a bit of a latecomer in watching it. Anyway, before then, people are like, ah, stories, what do you get out of it, da, da, da. So I watched it, I took a picture, you know, by the whatever. Um, fly stand at the movie, you know, I think one of the AMC theaters here. 
And I posted, I was a great one. No long stories for now. And that was all. There was nothing. I didn't see anything. Someone made a comment on Instagram and said, thank you for sparing us. <laughs> I didn't come here to dissect it. I just came to have a nice time. So your voice is important, woman. Because you've been told that you must not be heard. You can be seen but not heard. And maybe that's why we put so much attention on the scene. Can you see me now? My shoes, face bit, wig by this, dress by that, etc. And that's good because in the spirit of sisterhood, camaraderie, we must encourage one another who sold that to you or whether you got it for free or etc. <laughs> we help to advertise one another, which is very good. But what are you really saying? What are you really saying? Are people still reading captions these days? Or is it only about the picture? The picture attracts, but you better have something to say. Because when Jesus got to that fig tree, there was nothing. Thank you. Help me, Lord. This is not even in my notes. When he got to the fig tree and he saw it from afar and he said he was hungry. Yes, the master was hungry. He was on earth, so he's permitted to be hungry. Because he was God and he was man. So when he was on earth, he fasted, but he also ate. I think it's in heaven that we don't eat, right? So don't worry about weight gain. It doesn't matter. You won't be eating anyway. We'll be so full of him. But on earth, you must eat. And you have to watch what you eat. And the doctors say, how many doctors in the house? <laughs> Dr. Anna, I know you did bring some people. But what I'm just saying is that, don't, lose, let, let me, don't let me lose my job. Jesus was hungry and he saw the fig tree afar. And he was happy, like, surely there must be something. But he got there, there was nothing. He cursed it. We are not cursed. We are blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Did Jesus have anger issues? I don't know. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> he didn't, but there were times he was low-key angry. Mm. Like whooping people in the temple. This place should be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. He cursed that fig tree. He said, no one will eat fruit from you again. Ugh. Oof, we are not cursed in Jesus' name. But what was happening was that the thing was like saying, come, come, come. And he got there and there was nothing. No content. Attracting me to you for nothing. Wetting my appetite for nothing. Hey, people are tired of fake. They want the real thing. People are tired of emptiness. They want the real thing. May Jesus fill us up. May he fill us up always. May we always desire the real deal. So your voice is the real you. It announces who you are per time. So in those animated movies, now they hire people for their voices. We don't have to see your faces. And many of them are popular actors, actresses. And we try to say, hey, that's the voice of so-and-so. That's the voice of B-E-Y. I won't mention any names here. Mm. Thank you, Lord. So voice is important. I think in this day and age, the Bible says the voice of the Lord thunders. We hear his voice, but we've not really seen him. But we hear his voice in us. Sometimes it's still small voice. We hear him by the Holy Spirit. And so with voice, we can't go wrong. 
Even doctors' voices will be more appreciated than their faces. Hello? Do you agree with me? Because the voice must be, how do I put it, comforting. It must be a reassuring. Sometimes the voice does not bring good news. Right? But then, we communicate what we are about with our voice. And it's not only for the preachers. With your voice, tell us what you do. Tell us what you sell. Tell us what you have to offer this world. Hello? So we can get some of what you have. So don't be quiet. Don't be silent. We sang that song. I love it so much. I will not be silent. I will always worship you. It came from a deep place. It means that there are things that are trying to silence his voice, but he sang that song and said, I will not be silent. The least is I will use my voice to worship you. I will cry out to you. Hallelujah. So God gives us our voice for a reason. Hallelujah. And so important. And we are to build up that voice. When we look at the book of Esther, Esther chapter 4, chapter 5, I mean the whole story, when I go into Esther, I feel like just reading the whole, but we'll just go to where it's really important. And in Esther chapter 4, verse 8, it says he gave, he also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show Esther and explain to her that he might command her to go into the king to make supplication to him and plead before him. In other words, the message says that she, that when she reported back with instructions to go to the king and plead for him with her people. And we know the rest of the story. Like, she was what? Afraid. Mordecai was in sackcloth and ashes. She knew that it was God that lifted her. It was God that, you know, she got to the palace. We can see God in that whole chapter. God was not mentioned once. But we can see him at work. And so Esther, at first, what did she do? She sent him clothes. Women. Sometimes clothes won't do it. Sometimes clothes won't do the warfare. Yes, you're in sackcloth and ashes, but did I tell you I wanted clothes? This was Mordecai, her, like her uncle, but he was a cousin to her. He raised her because her parents had died in the war, blah, blah, blah. He raised her, he mentored her, encouraged her to even go in for the beauty pageant where the king now chose her. She wasn't forced on him. Hello. It doesn't matter. You may be in that relationship and it's like, you know what? He chose me. I didn't force myself on him. So what's happening now? What's happening now? Sometimes things go wrong. So you'll be right at the end of the day. So you find yourself. So you find God. Thank you, Jesus. She must have sent him things, gifts from time to time, right? And he will collect them. But this time around, he said, take it back. If we're dead, we will soon be dead. So what was... What's the need for clothes? And when we're afraid, that's what we do. We think we can bribe God. Or we think we can pretend. But it was like, no, this wouldn't work this time. You know what you're supposed to do. Go. Be bold. 
And of course, you know the rest of the story. She then had to open up and say, 30 days now. It's 30 days I have not seen the king. Right? And let me add, neither heard his voice. <laughs> she said, it's 30 days and counting. He must have been shocked. So what's going on? You didn't tell me you were suffering in that marriage. Oh, sorry, not suffering. You didn't tell me you were like lonely or irrelevant. And that's why it's not good to envy other people. Do you know that other ladies that went in for that pageant, pageant went, that were not chosen, on, on a certain day or certain days, they, one or two of them could think about her and envy her. Come on, ladies. Oh, gosh, I wonder what Esther is doing. She must be enjoying herself in the palace. That should have been me. <laughs> should have been you what? You don't know. You know how they say the grass is greener on the other side? This is not about grass. This is about fenced up palace, walled up. You can't even see what is happening. But you imagine that, you know, all the money, all the wealth, all the... And it's not about that. For me, if you have all of that, you're not relevant. We can't even hear your voice. There's nothing you're doing, nothing you're pushing, nothing is pushing you. You are, then there's nothing. You have not found yourself. Then it doesn't matter. What they didn't know was that she was very lonely, isolated. Why would your husband not send for you? It's different if you're not mar in a marriage and you live in the same house, sorry, in the same palace. You have your section, it has a section, so you're not even eating together. No dinners, you're not going for any functioning and you call yourself the queen. Check your crown again. Check your crown again. We call ourselves queen, slay mama, ba, ba, ba. Where are you going? Where are you slaying to? And this one we're supposed to be doing with social media. I'm big on social media. I like social media. It is for positive effect. I love it because I love communication. Sometimes I post something just to say, I love you. And someone who sees it may just grab it and say, that's what I needed now. Yeah. What are we saying? She wasn't, she had to open up and say, look, if you think, because Mordecai must have thought, I mean, when you're with, what's the big deal? When you're with him in bed or whatever, just tell him what you want. She has to say, um, we haven't been seen. And you think you had a life. Be careful who you envy because you don't know what's going on inside. Married or not, it doesn't matter if you're single and happy and fulfilled, you have a better deal. Married to the king, the entire king of the kingdom. What are we saying? When I say possibility of failure or rejection, I do not speak or start the project. I'm a perfectionist and always want to get whatever, whatever I ask for. I have just realized this. How can I overcome this? Do you want to tackle that, Nancy? Wow, okay, so whenever there's a possibility of failure, um, this individual is saying that they won't even start the, prog the process. They won't even engage whatever the project is. I think there's a couple of things that um, you have to consider. I think one of them is you have to consider the fact that there's most likely a spirit of fear mm -hmm. there because what fear does is it, Im it immobilizes and paralyzes us. Mm -hmm. And so fear is a spirit. 
right? So as a child of God, that means that we can override that spirit by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony, and you begin to declare and you decree the opposite of whatever fear is presenting to you. Because whatever the voice of fear is going to say to you is going to be a lie. Hmm. And so you have to then find out what is the truth of God's word. That's what you declare. That's what you decree. And then you begin to make moves. And then the other thing is, I think it's important to have accountability. Um, Pastor Nike talked about that slightly. You've got to have people who are not going to back down. You've got to have people who can see in you sometimes even what you can't see in yourself to begin to say, listen, girl, you got to get yourself together. It's time. When are you going to start? And you can't say soon. Soon is not a date. I need a date. And then we begin to pray about it and we, we begin to make steps and we begin to write the vision and make it plain. You've got to have community. So those are two things. Deal with the spirit of fear. Tear that down in the name of Jesus and then set and establish a plan and have someone to hold you accountable to that. Awesome. So good. Nothing more to be said. The spiritual and the other side, you have um, taken care of that. Because perfectionist, yes, you've said it. You're waiting for the perfect moment. Perfectionists, they, even when they're ready, they feel they're not ready. Because it's not perfect yet. The situation is not perfect. And that, you could really rob yourself and others over time to start. Things won't always be perfect. You've got to just go, you know, do it after some level of preparation and planning, yes. and then go. You perfect it as you go on. Yes. <laughs> that was so good. This one says, how do you find your balance? Oh. And then this other one says, how do we balance well-being or happiness versus order in your marriage? How do you Just find your balance? balance. Yeah. So how do you find your balance? I think you have to know yourself. Um, that's the first thing, um, because my particular balance may not be yours. Um, so you have to know yourself. You need to know how you're wired. You need to know what the gift of God is on the inside of you. If you're a prophet, your balance is going to be something really crazy compared to someone that may be a teacher or someone that may be a, a pastor or whatever. You have to know who you are, um, understand what your anointing is, um, who God has called you to be, who God has made you to be. And then I think it's wise to really just look at your life and begin to um, identify what is of importance. I think we do a lot of good things, but they're not always God things. I think women have this tendency to say yes to everybody. We want to be here for you and we want to go to the brunch and we want to support this and we want to go to the hair show and we want to do all of these things but you have to be able to identify the God thing because what ends up happening is that we'll do so many good things and end up depleted. So sometimes you have to acknowledge the fact that no is not a cuss word. It's okay to tell people no. Yeah, good. That's the first step to balance. It's okay to say no, and it's okay to also have selfish time. Um, that doesn't make you selfish. Amen to all the mamas in the room. 
Amen. Let those kids watch a movie and eat some pizza and you go and you sit and you read a book, take a nap, do something for you because it's important that as much as you're pouring out, there are moments of you being poured back into. There are moments of you being reciprocated into, whether that's, you know, your husband, your mate, your friends, you know, read a good book, attend an event like this where you can also receive so your love tank can be refueled and refilled. So I think that that's really important when dealing with balance. Identify the things that need to get cut out. Everything is good, but everything is not beneficial. Awesome. And so balance and well-being or happiness versus order in your marriage. I'm going to kind of guess the direction of which this question, because it's not as clear. Um, But, you know, I think... When you say order in your marriage, I don't know if you're talking specifically about, you know, like how your husband is the head of the household and perhaps you're having issues with submission and you want to be happy and, you know, I want to do what I want to do and he want me to submit. Well, the thing about it is, you know, submission, once again, is not a dirty word. And we don't understand submission. I think our culture wants us to believe that submission equals control. And that's not the same thing right the bible calls us as women to be meek what's meekness the word meekness actually means controlled strength Uh it's not that i'm weak i'm actually powerful in my ability to control my strength that's right right so he's the head but i'm the neck Esther was the next. She was like, let's have this dinner. Let me wine you and dine you. Let me go ahead and get you on this couch and rub your shoulders and look. That's how you be the neck. And I think sometimes we want to usurp the men. Amen. And ladies, no matter how girl power we are, we are not a man. That is not the grace on our life. I'm all for, you know, this whole girl power, boss life and everything. But you got to remember you were made softly. It's okay to be soft. It's okay to be gentle. It's okay to be feminine. You know, because in this attempt to be so strong, we're losing our power, which is our femininity. So if you want a balance in your marriage and you want happiness, give that man some tenderness. Amen. Give that man some tenderness. And I think you will find that order is not an issue for you. Thank you so much. Oh, do you want to celebrate that? Yeah. So, so as you were answering those questions, I was looking at the rest of the questions and I saw that there was just one, there was one here that was not a question, but actually an answer. And it's actually even an answer to what we just read out. This person said, just to add, as women, we must remember to ask for help. Women are tired. It's difficult to have sex when tired. We must delegate some of our chores, paid or unpaid. (laughs) Did you get that there? Paid. You want to come? You wrote that. Thank you. You see, she just wrote it. She didn't want to come out and give their contribution with a powerful voice. But that, as simple as has answered many questions here. Because at some point in time, you've got to delegate. Not even at some point in time. We have to learn to delegate. You don't have to always act super strong. And she said, paid or unpaid. That's just low-key for some people there because you're willing to delegate, but you're not willing to pay. 
I cannot pay for someone to come babysit my children. No, 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 no. I must find someone who can do it for free. Maybe another mother who will have my kids for the weekend, and then next time I'll have a kids. But if you don't find that situation, but I look for a good high schooler or someone who's willing to make a little money, yeah. negotiate, because then it means your health means so much to you that I'm going to just pay for this for a few hours. You're not dumping your work. You're asking for help. After all, we also are helpers. Who is helping us? So thank you so much for that. that fig tree. He said, no one will eat fruit from you again. Oof, we are not cursed in Jesus' name. But what was happening was that the thing was like saying, come, 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 and he got there and there was nothing. No content. Attracting me to you for nothing. Wetting my appetite for nothing. Hey, people are tired of fake, they want the real thing. People are tired of emptiness, they want the real thing. May Jesus fill us up. May he fill us up always. May we always desire the real deal. So your voice is a real you. It's not good to envy other people. Do you know that other ladies that went in for that pageant, pageant when, that were not chosen, on, on a certain day or certain days, they, one or two of them could think about her and envy her. Come on, ladies. Oh gosh, I wonder what Esther is doing now. She must be enjoying herself in the parlor. That should have been me. <laughs> should have been you what? You don't know. You know how they say the grass is greener on the other side? This is not about grass. This is about fenced up palace, walled up. You can't even see what is happening. But you imagine that, you know, all the money, all the wealth, all the... And it's not about that. For me, if you have all of that, you're not relevant. We can't even hear your voice. There's nothing you're doing, nothing you're pushing, nothing is pushing you. You are, then there's nothing. You have not found yourself. Then it doesn't matter. What they didn't know was that she was very lonely, isolated. Why would your husband not send for you? It's different if you're not married, in a marriage situation and you live in the same house, sorry, in the same palace. You have your section, it has a section, so you're not even eating together. No dinners, you're not going for any functioning and you call yourself the queen. Check your crown again. Check your crown again. We call ourselves queen, slay mama, ba, ba, ba. Where are you going? Where are you slaying to? And this one we're supposed to be doing with social media. I'm big on social media. I like social media. It is for positive effect. I love it because I love communication. Sometimes I post something just to say, I love you. And someone who sees it may just grab it and say, that's what I needed now. Yeah. What are we saying? She wasn't, she had to open up and say, look, if you think, because Mordecai must have thought, I mean, when you're with, what's the big deal? When you're with him in bed or whatever, just tell him what you want. She has to say, um, we haven't been seen. 
and you think you had a life. Be careful who you envy because you don't know what's going on inside. Married or not, it doesn't matter if you're single and happy and fulfilled, you have a better deal. Married to the king, the entire king of the kingdom. What are we saying? This man was a good man because Vashti failed. He sent for Vashti was having a party in her section with the women. Right? Talk about the real woman conference going on. And he was also having a banquet for the men or whatever. And he, because she was so beautiful, he said, tell her to come. I want to introduce her. I just want to show off her beauty. She disobeyed. And she continued doing what she was doing. Because she knew that. I mean, I don't think she was unsubmissive or whatever. She knew her man. She's like, look, I'll see you later. You know, it's not about showing off my beauty. We're doing, we're having a major conference here. For whatever reason. Anyway, the king was okay with that. But his associates, the people that surround you, that surround the man at the top, the people that surround the president, they are the ones you need to pray for. The Hamans of this world. The advisors of whatever. They all have different portfolios. One person can't do it all. So, for whatever reason, the king was good because the men around him said, no, you have to send her away. You've got to put her away. You've got to divorce her. You've got to... And the king was like, it's okay, I've forgiven her. I'm just putting that in, you know. But again, the Bible says the king did not want to. But the men around him said, no, this will be set a precedent. All our wives will refuse to disobey. Can you see how big egoed people are? So your problem sometimes is not with your spouse, but who is speaking to your spouse? Whose voice is he listening to? Mm. You say, we didn't start out this way. He'll go, gro go grocery shop, go grocery Anybody can cook. He can cook if he gets home before me. But then after a while, he's thinking, I, why should I even be cooking in this house? And you're like, some people are talking to him. Some people are saying, is this what you came to America to do? <laughs> to wash dishes? But again, voices. Voices. So the king had to listen to them because they were many. What if they resigned? What if they refused to work? They said, nope, because this will now be, uh, this is breaking protocol. If the first lady will do that, then our, our wives will not obey us. So when we tell our wives to do stuff and they don't do it, they'll say like, but, but first lady, uh, you know, did it the other, and the king forgave her. They were not ready to walk in love. They weren't ready to be as humble as the king. They weren't ready to even make him the standard. That was too high a bar for them, so they had to bring him down. That is why ex exit Vashti and enter Esther. And Vashti, mind you, we forgot about her. Do you know Vashti was not killed? Some people think Vashti was killed. She was not killed. You see, when they don't hear of you again, it's as if you're low-key. But she was not killed. Vashti was, a, Vashti was excommunicated from the kingdom. So she probably was on one island, maybe preaching to animals or maybe sunbathing. But she was excommunicated from the kingdom. And we didn't hear about her again. So maybe she became irrelevant. We don't know what she was doing there. Heaven may take note of what she was doing. But she lived. She was alive. But the protocol was if you go to the king, if you go before the king and you were not sent for, and he does not approve of you, like to stretch his scepter, you are dead. And that's what Esther was afraid of. My parents died. I've just started my life. I didn't come here to die for nobody. 
I came here to enjoy my life and in the palace. But the thing was, she was not enjoying her life. Because if you have a role, you're not going out, you're not representing the king, you're not doing, carrying out any assignment. He's not, he, he's not even seeing you. So she was afraid, right? Did she have a reason to be afraid? Because day one, day two, day three, ah, he didn't send for, day four, and then up to 30 days. So if trouble did not break out among the Jews by virtue of Haman, the wicked assistant, maybe 60 days the king would have, maybe somewhere along the line, Haman would have liked that something has happened to the queen. How do you like these babes? How about this one? Because 30 days, how was he solving his sex life? And you see, there was no problem. You would know that because in, 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 in Esther chapter 5, when she stood before the king, the king said, where have you been? Kind of. I'm jumping now. But anyway, long story short, she decided to pray and told him, and look, uh, uh, Mordecai, fast and pray for me. My maidens and I will fast and pray. And then she got courage. She wasn't sure she was going to leave, but she had courage. She had boldness. And she said, if I perish, I perish. That means if I die in this process, I die a hero. Then her people will still be killed anyway. So let her, you know. So whichever way she saw it was going to be a win. She could not afford to hold on to her life, which, by the way, had begun to suck. Yeah. For me, why? why? I mean, just be alone. Married. You're not even doing anything. So first assignment for she and her maidens to fast and pray. At least that was something to do. Beyond painting their faces and going nowhere. They weren't going for anything. Maybe they were going for women's conferences. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the queen. Here comes the queen. She has not seen her man in 30 days. She wasn't a happy person. But she found her life. When she found her voice, she said, I will speak. I will go. What was silencing her voice? It was an imaginary fear. So if the king did not send for her, why could she also go to the king? Was it not her legitimate husband? Yeah. Did he not choose her? Were they not very married? Two, three days you've not seen him. So why couldn't you go knock on his bedroom door? But I think the longer it took, the more the fear was ingrained. What have I done? I've fallen out of favor with him. She searched her heart. She had no, okay, was it that fight? But I'd apologize and we had made up. What was it? What? She couldn't find anything. But the more the days, the more she was convinced that there must be something going on. Maybe he's found someone else. Maybe he's seen someone else. I've been disfavored. Maybe, maybe. So the harder it became for her to go, she wasn't sending across her ideas about how to rule or how to do certain things. So she was not operating in her calling. She was just silent there. With plenty of wealth, makeup, clothes, and all that, but she was not relevant. She was not even carrying out her responsibilities. Anyway, after prayer, she got out courage. God's voice strengthened her. Then she found her voice. Find your voice, woman. It's not about preaching, but it's about the message you have. It's about your art. It's about what has been wired in you. It's about what has been given to you. It's about maybe that book that you read yet to write. Start, don't be intimidated by the people that have been there. Don't be intimidated by the establishment. <laughs> maybe you're supposed to be a preacher, but you're like, oh, 
When Auntie Nika is there and Auntie Joyce Mayer, where is room for me? <laughs> there is room for you. Hello. Sometimes the new are the best. Because you're starting out with so much. You know, sometimes the new are the because like, who is a new person in town? Again, new generation, whatever. So, start. Find your voice. And so she dressed up in her regalia. She put on, uh, Esther 5, 1 says she put on her crown, her royal robes. And she stood in the doorway. And then the king said, long time no see. No, actually. He said, Queen Esther. Go and read it. He even addressed her by her title. By her title. Did you just say, what are you looking for? Okay, what? Uh -huh. Just say, Queen Esther. It's almost as if the scales were removed from his eyes. He didn't know 30 days had gone or 31. No, 33 days because they fasted and prayed for three days. Queen Esther. Wow, what do you want? It shall be given to you for up to, even up to half of my kingdom. Thank God the girl's head was correct. Thank God she didn't think about shoe and bag. Oh, well, that's too low. She had enough of that. Thank God she didn't think about that land somewhere or that because he said, even up to half of my kingdom, it will be given to you. That means that number one, this man was not angry with her. But she thought he was. Because if she didn't think otherwise, did she have to wait for a problem to go? Did she have to be wait to be pushed from outside to go to see her husband? She can't just stand in the doorway and say, Oh, king, my sweetheart, I came to see you. <laughs> or wait till evening and go and have dinner together or whatever. Why was... I still have to research that. It still baffles me so much. Lies have been told about you, so you think you are disfavored. Even with the boss at work. That person that you think doesn't like you, you think they've told you them on you or written a wrong recommendation about you. But sometimes it's just an illusion. You just continue to be good. Sometimes when, they tr when trouble comes out, you are the one that will solve it. Amen. Problems are not always bad. Sometimes it's to someone's advantage. Sorry, that's how life is. Even doctors... I mean, I know they don't pray for accidents and they don't pray for people to be sick, but how are they going to make their money? Hello? Did I speak a little bit of American there? <laughs> how are they going to make their money? But again, there's the wellness industry. So if you're not sick, at least um, you can prevent, right? So... They can tell us what to use, what to take, how to eat, so we don't. So whichever way they can still make their money. I'm just saying that problems are opportunities. So because there was a problem, because God didn't want her to just die in irrelevance, he had to turn around what Haman meant for evil. He turned it around for good because he specializes in that. So we've got to come to a point where, you know what, problems, we eat it for lunch. Not being moved anymore. Not being tossed to and fro. Because many times you're on a high, things are going good, and then suddenly, pfft, some news that wants to rattle you. But when you know the terrain, you're like, this is just for a season. I'm not going to be moved. It happens. We want to remain on that high all the time. Good news. Don't even hear about anything. Sometimes you hear about a shooting, and that's because, hey, you have to get back on your knees. So whichever way for us, especially as believers, find your voice. And so that's how she found her voice. She used her voice and the king 
granted her request. I mean, to cut the long story short, the king said, what do you want? And she said, oh, king, just come for a banquet I've prepared tonight. So she had prepared that by faith. That if I live, then we'll have dinner tonight. Mm, so good. He said, oh, sure. He came for dinner. And while they were having dinner, while they were at the banquet, I said, by the way, bring him and, you know, that's your PE, your favorite one. Let him come with you. <laughs> Women, God will give you strategy. Yeah. If you are open, sometimes you will not rush. Don't rush every time. She didn't rush. She took her time. At least now that I know that I'm going to live and he's in favor, I'm in favor with him. I'm going to push this thing. I'm going to stretch it. I'm going to, you know. So why dinner first? Because she was already starved of the friendship and the closeness. At least let's start by eating together. That's why she chose dinner. So at dinner, they were eating. Read it. It's there in the Bible. He asked her again, what do you want? She wasn't even asking, but he had to think, is this all? And sometimes that's all you want. Sometimes we don't need a lot. But as men, sometimes it's thinking, calculate, is that all? All these 30 days I ask, and all she asked for is dinner? There must be something more. What do you want? I will give you up to half of the kingdom. I said, well, if it pleases you, can we have another dinner tomorrow? <laughs> Just dinner? That's not a big deal. Sure. So the king was not um, angry with her or anything. They had dinner again until the third time. Number three. Something about number three. He rose on the third day. There are three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three dinners. Three, three, three. A threefold cord is not easily broken. That's it. Because even if you're married, God must be the third party. Hello. Because you can't do it alone. Who do you report to when the other person? He has to be the referee. And sometimes you have to be ready for him to tell you, Amen. you are wrong. We're not apologizing. <laughs> and so she said, and then by the time they had the final dinner, she declared a manifesto, this Haman, blah, blah, blah. And we know the whole story. Haman was hung on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. And Mordecai and Esther were lifted. The king gave his signet ring to Mordecai and to Esther. How about ruling and reigning with your cousin, your favorite cousin? And it's like, I don't want to know anything. Whatever you guys sign into law, that's decree. That's just, I mean, I mean, every man was a handful anyway. So it's like, and so the chapter that was not written, I like to see, and Esther began to declare, decree, speak up, build orphanages, build schools, do things for the children out there, for the Jews, the people who would have been destroyed. Find your voice. So the first one says, when you don't feel emotion by your partner, what can you do? Well, you don't always feel emotional about your partner, whoever you're married to. You won't always feel emotional. You won't always feel the goosebumps of the lovey-dovey um, that you had probably in the beginning. You cannot totally base your relationship on that, on feelings. It has to be based on love. True love is discipline. True love is you've made up your mind to love this person. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, read the whole chapter, love is patient, is kind, is long-suffering. You know what long-suffering is? Patience times three. <laughs> yes, so, you know, so that's what love is. Sometimes this person may not be, you may not be feeling them. You know what I mean? 
feeling the vibes, but you can't base it on that. You have to base it on covenant that I've made up my mind to love this person. Whether I feel like it or not. You love your child, whether you feel like it or not, right? It's easier with that. They mess up the whole place. You still love them. But when it comes to spouse, I think there are expectations. We expect more and then out goes our feelings. So you have to train yourself to still love and to still relate, you know, with your partner. Yes, and even in having sex too, you can't always wait to always feel like it. Hello? Yes. Make yourself feel like it. Give it and receive it, right? Take the pill. <laughs> you have to. Because it is right and healthy for your marriage. So just like you eat too. You don't always eat when you feel like it. Or sometimes you don't feel hungry. But you know you must eat. You must drink water. You must hydrate yourself. Okay, I think that's an easier one. Because some of us don't like water, right? But we have to because it's tasteless. But what it will do for your body, mm -mm. it will show even in your skin. You will get the glow. So do the sex. You will get the glow. <laughs> I was told love is not enough for marriage by my husband. Is that true? Ooh, that's a good one. So love is not enough, right? I think there are certain trains of thought. And as a matter of fact, actually, I almost kind of feel like that goes with the previous question mm -hmm. because I think we as a culture are so accustomed to the feelings. Like, God bless the rom-com, but it has ruined a generation because we're all expecting for the knight in shining armor. We're all expecting for a Hallmark movie to be our reality, and that's just not the case. You gotta work, you gotta pay bills, you gotta take care of kids. Like, there are all these other elements that make up your life. And so we can't have this expectation, you know, as women that 24 seven, that, you know, your husband just walking around with no shirt on, wind blowing in his hair and y'all just, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you have to live, someone has to clean the dishes. Someone has to do the laundry, you know? So from that perspective, I think love isn't enough for a marriage. I think a marriage from a godly perspective, you can't just marry for love. I believe you have to marry for purpose. You have to marry your purpose partner. And that's why people get frustrated because sometimes years go by and now you're ready to jump in. You're ready to do whatever it is that God is calling you to. And maybe he's not. And, and now you're like, oh my gosh, like we're not on the same, you know, level, but I believe there's grace for you. I believe that God will give you wisdom. I believe that God will enable you to find the middle ground, but it's so important that we identify purpose. I think love is not just enough. You've got to have purpose. You've got to have vision. I think marriages need to have vision the same way you make a business plan for your entrepreneurial endeavors. You've got to have a plan for your marriage. You've got to have a plan for your family. And so what that does is it automatically brings us together because now we're having to work together for an end goal. And that will foster love. That will... Um, it will, it will incite a feeling of togetherness because we're working together to achieve a goal and a purpose. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I would also like to add to that, that as women, because we wear so many hats and because we are emotion 
creatures. You're in motion. And one thing the Lord said to me is, don't expect your partner to do what only I can do. Mm -hmm. A lot of times our expectations are based on outside circumstances, based yeah. on past experiences in mm -hmm. our home. Perhaps we came from broken families. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we came from women that never had a husband but had 100 kids, um, and men went on and they left. But those images that are there, sometimes when, we, when love is not enough with our partner, that is an indicator that our relationship with the Lord has to come higher. Yep. We have to embrace the love of Christ and know that his love was enough to die for me. Mm. And his love is so enough good. to complete me. A man so can't complete me. Yes. A man can only be, I can only be his rib and God is the only one can make that rib work, yeah. but the order of God is still important. And mm -hmm. when that is in place, then the love that we don't have, because I had to ask yeah. God, Lord, if you don't put your love in me for this man, I'm going to kill him. Uh. Yeah, he's going to die. So God didn't say he was the problem. He said, I'm the problem because... I'm the one that he set in his life. He chose him, me for him. I didn't choose the man. So when he set me in that place, then I had to understand that it was something that God had for me to do as powerful of a word that this woman spoke in terms of how powerful we are as women. But we're only powerful in women when we allow the Holy Ghost to use this tongue, use this little triangle on our body, yes, and be able to accentuate the beauty of Christ that is within us. Awesome. Hey. Hey. <laughs> See, the preacher's in the house. Thank you, ma'am. You used your voice. Thank you so much. Still on that question. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm going to um, be brief. So a couple of weeks ago, I actually, at work, I met a pharmacist, and she's engaged. And I look at her my first time of meeting her. So, and I was telling her that, congratulations, but uh, may I share the word of God with you? And I told her that, you know what? Marriage, love is not enough. And now that I see the question, I'm like, wow. And I told her that love is God, it's the foundation. But I told her that it's about what you said, Miss Nancy, virtue, your purpose. You and your husband, you have to get together. The marriage, what is the purpose of both of you coming together? And it's going to be a continuous. It's a continuous. Seasons, times, we have everything. Praise the Lord. So you have to like, it's a constant, if your husband, it's a constant renewal. It's a constant thing to be talking, your purpose, your virtue. This year, what are we doing? It's not just enough to say, oh, I love you. What are you bringing to the table? Uh, thank you so much. Give her that. And then this question says, I know I have God's calling, but I don't know how to go about it because of fear and self-esteem. It's still the same thing we have said. Yeah. I've talked story. about it in the message. Deal with fear. We've prayed over you. Get scriptures. Look, load yourself in the word of God. 
and know who is with you. When you know who is with you, you'll be a bit bolder than you normally would be. Say, okay, Lord, I have your calling. You're even saying, I have God's calling, and you're afraid. So, God, if you're the one calling me, you are with me. Yes. So, I'm going into this. So, how do I go about it? You can get a mentor first who you could ask questions. Someone who is already, when you say God's calling, I don't know whether it's preaching, blogging, because calling now is calling. Calling is your call to be a banker, your call to serve in various ways. So find someone who is doing that already. Get close, let the person mentor you. Sometimes you, all you need to do is follow them on their social media first before you slide into their DM. I say, excuse me, can I have a one-on-one -on -one with you? I'm telling you, be ready to follow someone or be mentored by someone paid or unpaid. So I'm going to use that word because it's not every time that it's free. Come on. Yeah, it's not every time that it's free.